You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. All right. All right. Yeah. We're here. We're here. We're here. I think the first thing I want to say is sorry about the weird audio. We realized the $25 mics that we bought weren't working at all. Yeah, they don't do anything, which is fine. Yeah, cool. No, not no big fine. deal. Fuck everything. Whatever. So we're just recording on our iPad. We're getting <laughs> new mics. They're in the process. Soon. Thank you, listener Shout Sam. Shout out, listener Sam. <laughs> Your pal. Thanks, pal. Thanks, bro. <laughs> So, yeah, so hopefully next week or the week following we'll have uh, legit mics. We're going to have to sit at a fucking table. We'll I don't want to sit in a hard chair. No. I want to sit on the couch and complain about stuff. I'm drinking. I don't want to sit in an uncomfortable chair if I'm drinking. I know. So, yeah. So, I watched a movie the other day. It was a documentary. <laughs> okay. And Chris Evans. Oh, yes. Was narrating a movie mm-hmm. about hero dogs like so, search and rescue question yeah how many times do you think chris evans cried during narration i that? hope constantly <laughs> and he got to pet one of them at the end and i'm sure he cried over that yeah well i was crying over oh it. yeah i cried also that's fair how did i never know this was a thing chris evans you and dogs are all that matter, so why wouldn't you fucking tell people you're doing this? Some person literally made Britney's dream and then didn't tell her. That's about seriously it. what, what the, the fuck? fuck? And like he's <laughs> oh shit, Ugh. and he's like narrating as if he's one of the dogs. What? That's that's so stupid, but I do like it, and I. Like a fucking weird. I can't believe I didn't know it was a thing. And see, if you look at IMDb, it's not under just like his like filmographies. It's like under like the you know how it has like a special like documentary area. So you have to go look under that. So he never knew it was a thing. For some reason, our fucking Roku was never like, hey, this is a thing. I had to use my fucking coworkers. Co-worker's fire stick. (laughs) I was gonna say your coworker's dog. Dog. (laughs) My coworker's dog was like. <laughs> Already. Mm. All right. We ready to do this? I think so. Okay. I'm Brittany Matrina. I'm Martha Bartlett. And this is But First. Let's talk nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try that again. I was like, like, where's my drink? I can't <laughs> looking for a motherfucking drink. That didn't sound the worst. <laughs> <laughs> but first, let me fucking grab a drink. <laughs> but, the new name so of we're already podcast. like two drinks in now it would normally we're only one drink in but my fucking ending topic is a hell of a woozy so <laughs> <laughs> okay okay no it's fair i was i was feeling too sober to talk with one and with two i feel good I'm going to be hammered by the time I get to mine. We already know I have issues when I go second already. It's my favorite thing. All right. I'm Brittany Matrino. I'm Martha Bartlett. And this is But But First, First, Let's Let's Talk Talk Nerdy. Clink. Clink. All right. What are you doing today? Today I am doing a book called Biting the Sun by Taryn Flea. 
Um, Never heard of it. Yeah, no, that's fair. It's a sci-fi book from the 1970s. Kenneth Lee was a... She's a woman. And a sci-fi writer that I got into when I was in probably middle school or something like that. I had a friend of mine who would give me things and I would occasionally keep them. And I definitely have some of her books still on our bookshelf. Even though that was... This is so good. It's good shit. I felt like I bit into an apple. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted. Pink apple rosé. So good, everyone. Mm -hmm. Continue. The unofficial sponsor (laughs) of this particular podcast. We are not getting paid to fucking... But we would like to. Sponsorship. But Smirnoff. Give us money. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anyways. All right. My sources this week are uh, Wikipedia... Why You Should Read Tanith Lee's Biting the Sun by Rias Toluca and Clark Reimagined in Hot Pink, Tanith Lee's Biting the Sun by Joe Walton. And then also the actual book itself. Also, I'm going to say kind of a trigger warning for suicide. Kind of. It's complicated, but we'll get there when we get there. Okay, so Biting the Sun by Tanith Lee was a collection of two books called Don't Bite the Sun, written in 1976, and Drinking Sapphire Wine, written in 1977, respectively. And they were combined into one book. It's a very easy read, but it's also, like, deep and interesting. It was a story about a utopian society, and it looks at how that actually breaks down and ends up being in the same family as a dystopia. So the idea of a utopia is usually a trap. Like, here's this perfect world, and you're like, okay, where's the fucking catch? Unless you're Chris Evans, there's no perfectness. Mm. So the book is written in first person, which is usually very much not no. my jam. Yeah, yeah. I usually fucking either. hate that shit, but it does immerse you right in this world. Um, it's also got that good, good fantasy slang, which always makes you feel like you're really right fucking there. The main character is just the narrator. She actually isn't named. So we'll get into her because I love her so, so fucking much. But first, we're going to get into this world. So it is a utopian world set in some distant future. Kind of, I wouldn't say it's necessarily set here, but it's distant enough in the future that you wouldn't be able to tell. Uh, It is set on a desert planet. So that could be us in the future, which is depressing. Let's not look at that. Uh, Where everyone lives in these domes that has, like, cities that have their own skies and weather and scenery. Uh, And there are three of these domed cities called 4B, 4Ba, and 4Bu, respectively. I don't know where these fucking names came from or where the four came from so I don't have any answers for you there (laughs) yeah it's for B-E-E like capitalized but they never tell you what it stands for so question mark question mark question mark so anyhow these cities are fucking giant they're more like states are they like Nevada or Massachusetts uh, states (laughs) as someone who moved from a small state to a large state. <laughs> I would say probably, like, maybe New Hampshire size, which is slightly okay. bigger than Mass, but not a lot bigger. Okay. Yeah, so they house a decent amount of people, but, like, also they're not huge. countries or anything okay. like that. So, 
A quote from the book about the cities is, they exist beneath stabilized electricity wave shields, which are the domes, which protect them from all the hazards of the planet, eruptions, storm, earthquakes, and so on. Entirely self-sufficient, their inner conditions are made as natural, quote-unquote, as possible, complete with parks and gardens, days and nights, artificial sun and moon and stars. So the people are kind of broken up into age groups that more or less define what you're doing for that part of your life, which, you know, same as anything. The first stage of your life is as a child, duh. During childhood, you are sent to a hypno school, and that's where you learn all sorts of complex math and physics and nonsense, and you're not completely asleep, but you are completely hypnotized, so you don't have any fucking childhood memories at all. They can recall this knowledge later on in life, but it's never necessary. It's never anything that they'll have any use for, and... Um, like, the knowledge is retained, but there are no childhood memories. We don't get a lot about being a child in this book, which is fair because I don't fucking care. True. Um, and then you have being Jang. J-A-N-G. Um, and what's that mean? It's the name of their second stage of living in okay. the, like, B-ba-boo community. So, like, young adult. Basically, it's like a long-term adolescence. Okay, so, so like teenagery. Yeah. I'd say if I had to match it up with an age, it would be somewhere between 13 to 25. But this goes on for like 50 to 100 years. How long are people living? They're essentially immortal. That sounds off. Yes. So the future is terrible. Let's not be immortal mm-hmm. ever. But Glad yes. I won't live in the future. <laughs> so yeah, it can last from... 50 to like 100 years and sometimes longer. And during this time, the Jang are basically expected to do whatever they want, but within the constraints of what they're supposed to want. And the Jang have their own customs and culture, their own clothing styles, and their own slang. And then the final and the longest stage of life is older people. So, lol. <laughs> oh, like, you've got children, people. you've got older people, and then you've got the fucking teenagers, adolescents in between who are like, we have to make up our own fucking name for things. For everything. (laughs) Because we're special. Mm. Yeah, so uh, as older people, this can basically continue indefinitely until the person involved seeks uh, personality dissolution. In which the current ego is erased and the conscious is washed clean of all recollection and they return to being a child again. But this time they don't have parents, or they're not called parents, they're called makers in this dealie. They're raised by a robot. Are they still old? No. Basically their consciousness is put into a child. So we're going to get into that too, no worries. There's a lot of question marks. I have to build a lot of the world before we can get anywhere. Sounds (laughs) awful, but okay. Yeah, and it's weird because, like, it only sounds awful because of the way that I'm presenting it to you, but also, like, the way that it's in the book, it seems like it could be basically a utopia, except for then you look a little closer and you're like, there aren't any utopias. And you look a little closer and you're presenting it in the way it actually is Exactly, and it sounds awful. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So, our narrator is Jang, and Jang is where we end up spending most of our time. So, uh, utopia. In 4B and the rest, you have this little bee 
which is like if you take your B to four boo, it's a boo. If you take your boo to four ba, it's a ba. What is it? I'm getting there. Okay. Because um, I'm just picturing you having like a fucking live B pinned to your fucking shirt. I always right now. pictured it as like a robot B, but it's okay. technically like a robot purse that flies around uh, and talks to you okay. sometimes. And then when you go to boo, it turns into a boo from mm-hmm. Mario Party? Yes. And then or it Mario turns into a weird sheep. <laughs> it's a bee. Blah! <laughs> no, no! <laughs> Episode two. <laughs> so you have this basically, like, it's like Is a. Is there a buy? No, seven. Oh, what the There's fuck? only the three places. I ripped off. I completely agree. There's no boo with a U either. Yeah. <laughs> you have to make it with that face, you or do. else you don't know if it's if an you don't over make a you. U face, then you'll never ever know. <laughs> it's true. That's part of the world that I'm building. Into Can it. you, when you're drawing these, just put little pins of all the different things on you? So a little bee, and then a little lamb. So I think they and like basically like they float around you. But I can definitely. But I like the the fucking like brooch idea better. (laughs) You suck. And then just like the buy flag, and then we'll have to figure out something for boo. Boo Boo is clearly fucking boo from Imagine Boo. (laughs) You know that's right. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. Um. So whenever I was reading this book a thousand years ago. I always pictured the bee as, like, an actual mechanical bee that just carried her shit around and shit like that. And also hers <laughs> malfunctions all the time and, like, falls on her head. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I can just see, like, an Animal Crossing person running around and, like, a bee. Yeah. Or, like, imagine carrying, like, a fucking balloon that also carries all your shit and then sometimes it falls on your head. <laughs> You can also have a bunch of balloons with everything, too. That's also fine. Yes. A little bee balloon, and a little boo balloon, and a little ba balloon, and a bi balloon, and then a boo balloon. I hate everything. (laughs) Yeah, so you've got your bee. Um, so in addition to carrying all your shit, it also sends messages for you and can run errands for you. So if you're like, you know, I need cat food, you can send your Luna. Why don't you do that? You're so useless. You're so so fucking useless. They have the bees and then they have pets. But the bee can go do everything for you. The bee's basically Amazon. Yeah, kind of. Actually, (laughs) it leans way hard into that. So that's. Foreshadowing! (laughs) And then, so the QRs, which are quasi-robots, they look like people, but all their insides are robots, and they don't have any, like, spark of life or soul or whatever the fuck you want to call that. Any sense of self that you can take from one body and put into another body. They're just electronic. So they are usually the ones kind of in control of how everything works and what the rules are. They are the ones that enforce quote-unquote them but that said there's uh, ways around most of the rules anyways so in addition to your b in this future world you also have your pick of bodies every 30 days you can completely change your body you can design a new body and you can pop yourself in it 
like any color, anything. So oh, fun. That's fun. I would just be probably pink most of the time. Mm-hmm. One of the like first bodies that the um, narrator comes out in is this like magenta goddess nonsense. And then she goes to this lava room and she matches too much. And she's like, why did I come here? No. <laughs> could be tall. You could be tall. Mm-hmm. You could be tall, you could be small. And so the thing about, like, it's 30 days. You're talking to someone who cuts her hair and dyes it different colors all the time because she gets bored. Yeah. 30 days is the perfect amount of Mm -hmm. time that I'd want until I'd be like, let's do something new. Yeah. That said, if 30 days is waiting too long for you, you can basically suicide. Which is exactly what it fucking sounds like. You kill yourself and then... They, because you're just killing your body, they take the spark that is in you, um, the limbo robots come out, and then they find you, they take you to limbo, and they make sure that your spark goes back into flesh. So if you're like, mm, it's been too long, and I, it's been ten days, and I really hate this body, I thought I was gonna like it, you can drown yourself or something. It's just another way to, like, in effect, make people more or less immortal. There isn't really a way to kill yourself. There's also so there's deeper meaning into that coming up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then so you can remake your body, but within reason, it's got to be more or less human. So there is a character. You mean I can't be an octopus? No, you can't. Sad face. Okay. You can be like kind of gross and have like extra arms and be slimy and shit like that, but you still have to be mostly humanoid. Um, There's a character Thinta in it who like really really wants to be a cat and she has like claws and fur all the time and all of her bodies are very cat-like but she can never actually be a cat and she's sad about it also finta is an anagram for tanith tanith lee the, the author of the book like she's like oh why can't i be a cat this is dumb you could have been a cat you were the writer <laughs> well then it wouldn't have had the meaning that we're going. <laughs> but that's fine. Um, They're so, like the Scooby-Doo creatures. Yeah. You know on Zombie Island how they turn into Yes, that? yes, yes, yes. Exactly like okay. that. But yeah, so on 4B and all of the other ones, you can kind of travel anywhere. So you've, And they've got a number of different vehicles. So they have bird planes for if you're driving, like if you want to fly. Um, I don't know if they're actual bird planes, but that's what they're called. I always pictured them as paper planes. And then reading them again, I was like, I'm not sure why. (laughs) (laughs) They also have, so if you are riding through or on the water, you literally ride in a fucking bubble, which is really baller. And Um, then you um, can have, you can teleport to have your body displaced. Um, but it apparently can make you kind of queasy. And then as far as entertainment goes, there's also like a ton of fucking entertainment because it's the future. There's adventure palaces where you can go in and like kind of design where you're going to go and what you're going to do. There's some sort of a dream thing where you can design your dream and then live it. There's a ton of fucking drugs literally everywhere. Like, ecstasy tablets which i don't think that's exactly the drug that we're talking about nowadays but it's still more or less the same 
goods and services are paid for with emotional energy, which, Jesus, I would be so poor. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> uh, basically, you go into a pay booth and express how very, very thankful you are, and often with the help of drugs. And that said, Jang are often expected to steal and do so very frequently, and it's frowned upon, and it's not really punished at all. They just say, don't do it, or we'll wave a finger at you, blue, blue, blue. Also, as far as sex goes, you can basically do whatever you want, but what they do is you get married, quote-unquote, for a certain amount of days, and then you have love, which is obviously sex. And the way that they like put it in the book, it almost sounds like you're taking a fucking pill. I haven't had love for two units now, and I wondered if maybe we could get married for the afternoon. Direct quote from the book. <laughs> Which is interesting. So but you can, like, and there's, like, different times you can pick. Yeah. So you can be like, okay, we'll get a marriage license for a week. And then also, like, if that doesn't work out, you can get divorced, but you have to pay for it. Pay, quote-unquote. You have to pay for it. Are there murderers? That is one of the few things that you can't fucking do. You cannot murder I mean, I guess you can't really murder people if there's no such thing as death, but... But there are, like... You can't murder bodies. No. But the act of murdering is technically illegal. But they give you so many things to do, so many fucking distractions, that it doesn't really come up very often until later. How would that help Ted Bundy? (laughs) So... I mean, I'm not going to say Ted Bundy wouldn't have done very, very well in this, but I would also say that the QRs would have probably come in and been like, hey, we're going to dissolve your personality because (laughs) We're going to try again. (laughs) Yeah. Turns out this is bad. We're going to raise you as robots, and if you're really bad, we'll deal with this and we'll figure something else out. Just wondering how they deal with the psychopaths. No, that's fair. (laughs) I feel like a lot of that has been bred out. More or less bred out. Yeah. And I'm sure they're like, okay with therapy. Yeah. Therapy, (laughs) like it's drugs. Literally, (laughs) you need to take these. She goes and takes ecstasy tablets and like you can just Hit a button, and you get, like, a bunch of them given to you, no problem. That's a benefit. There's a lot of crazy bitches in the world. Hey, true. Uh, This is a world where basically the robots do everything for you. So your motivation, the thing that you're supposed to do as a Jang is, like, live it up. Go party. Do everything you want. But also, you don't have any personal goals. You don't have anything that you're working towards. It's just constantly the same fucking thing over and over again. You don't make any real personal connections. Like, all the connections that you have, like, the first the first scene in the book is the narrator being mad that one of her best friends, her girl, suicided and then didn't recognize her in his new body. It's like, none of you have any fucking connections to each other at, at all because there's no depth in anything. And if we've learned anything from quarantine, is that <laughs> we need connection. We need people. <laughs> we need other people and connections. <laughs> we are meant to not be lone wolves, mm-hmm. even though wolves are pack animals. Yeah, we're also we're pack animals. Yes, we're dogs. Yes, 
pups. <laughs> if we were as good as dogs. Oh, if only. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, so, like, in addition to robots kind of running everything and being on top of everything, whenever you try to do something, it's usually being done by a robot somewhere else. So you're like, oh, I'll try to get into this, and I'll try to get into that. So our narrator is like, maybe maybe things aren't working out. Nothing is going the way I want it to, and I, I, I just feel so unfulfilled and unsatisfied all the time. I'm not getting anything out of fucking anything. The most satisfying thing in her life is this. She steals a pet. Basically, it sounds like it's a dog with six legs that has orange eyes, and she just calls it pet. And the most significant relationship she has in most of the book, in the first book, the first time she brings him home, she's thinking about suiciding again and then is like, no, I can't suicide in the bubble with the pet because then the pet will be confused and everything will be weird. Another time she comes back in a weird body because she's really depressed and the pet is like, who the fuck are you? And she's like, oh no, and has to go back into the other body. Sometimes when I'd, like, get ready for a con, and Jack would be at my house, so I'd have, like, a wig and, like, an outfit on, Mm -hmm. and he would be confused at first. He'd be like, what is happening? You smell like Brittany, (laughs) but you look kind of (laughs) weird. Luna is usually very good with that, but I do have a pair of horns, black pair that I wore for Halloween, that I I would, like, flop them back in my hair. And every time I flopped them up, She would be like, who are you? Oh, no. I'm really afraid. And, like, do that weird cower thing she does whenever she thinks the fan is on her. And it was like, I literally wear masks and other weird shit. And the only thing that, like, fucking bugs you is these weird horns. Oh, Luna, why are you fucking weird? Why are you so strange? Okay, so we've more or less built our world here. So our narrator is, like, predominantly female. She says she's, like, 60-40. She's probably 25 years-ish into being a teenager. And she's like, I want something else. There's something more than this, and this this isn't enough. There isn't any fucking purpose. And to be Jang is to be basically purposeless, to drift about in a drug-fueled ecstasy, doing what you will until you've had your fill. Like I said, the book opens up with Hergal having committed his 40th suicide. I didn't mention this, but his 40th suicide by bird plane. And then there's a lot of weird social nonsense within the Jang. So she's, the narrator is offended and she's like, I can't believe you're so insensitive. And then she kills herself and she's like, maybe I'll put myself in Hergal's body. And then she comes to in limbo and is like, no, that's dumb. I don't want to be like Hergal. He's dumb. Ugh. So that's when she basically steals her fluffy white pet. She steals him because stealing is part of being Jang. It's just one of the things that you're expected to do. So did she steal this pet from someone else or steal it from like a pet store? A pet store. Okay. Just don't steal someone's pet. No. Don't steal someone's pet unless they're abusive, in which case fuck them. And it's not stealing. No. It's It's rescuing. Yes. (laughs) So she finds that she's, like, incapable of making any real emotional bonds with her friends. Like, she's having sex and it's just, like, fine and boring and nothing is doing anything. 
there aren't any meaningful relationships anywhere. And she's like, there's got to be the only thing that's interesting in her life is her pet that bites her all the time for no reason, because he's a little fucking asshole. (laughs) And I think she sees something in that sees a, something that's not part of just this shitty society and B sees something that's going to fight back and wants to be something like that in the pet. So soon after going through all of these mundane rituals and doing ecstasy and going to all of the places and doing the dream thing, she's like, you know, maybe, maybe I've run my course as a Jang and I'll just stop being a Jang and I'll move on. And then she goes to the QRs, which are the quasi robots, which are in charge of everything. And she's like, okay, so, um, I want to be an older person. They're like, <laughs> Fuck no, you are clearly not ready to do really much of fucking anything. So you can't do that. So she tries to find purpose in other places. She tries to find a job and every place where she's like, I could be useful at this and I could be useful at that. There's fucking robots doing it. Even like, so she tries to do, their movies are just like weird erotica on the walls all the time. She tries to put some plot in there and they're like, it's good, but it has a lot of plot. And then she tries to like do her own sculpture and because it's not done with a shit ton of math, it falls apart. You know, it's like, this is just the things that would be a problem if you were a person, but if, if you have any creativity at yeah. all. <laughs> the only place that you really see any creativity in like all of the four Babu B worlds are people's like their new bodies and their deaths. And that's a really shitty place to put all of your creativity and just... It's funny that she's seeking creativity, yet she doesn't give her pet a name. (laughs) I always wonder if she doesn't give her pet a name because she doesn't have a name in the book and it was supposed to be some sort of, like, connection type of dealie. But I don't know. It could be that she actually does name her pet and she just calls him pet throughout the book and I just don't remember. Um, but yeah, so she tries to do that. She tries to find a job. She tries to find some way to make herself useful. And then she's like, okay, fine. This isn't fucking working. So, um, sometimes Jang have children. So let me try. I can have some sort of like way to go with this. So she tries to petition to the QRs to have a child. She gives him her DNA as a woman and she's like, I swear to God, the dad is in bad or whatever. He's been in line for something weird for a long time. He has to do this thing, but he'll be back and he's going to give you the DNA. And then she's like, I can't find anybody that I like, so I'll be the dad too. And then they're like, um, you killed your baby, which is the word that they use. You killed your baby. And you're not allowed to have children for a really fucking long time. So she feels really empty. She comes back to the pet and the pet's like, who the fuck are you? And she's like, oh no, I have to go back to my original body so the pet knows who I fucking am. The only one connection that I fucking have in my entire life. And then she feels empty and shitty and she and the pet go on an expedition with some older people to explore basically the desert waste outside. And while she's exploring the desert waste outside, she and her pet get lost for a minute. It rains. Like one time it rains during the desert waste. And they wake up and the desert has fucking bloomed and everything is beautiful. 
and the pet feels like an animal again, and she feels like a fucking person, and they just really bond and understand each other, and everything is good and great. And then she tries to get back to the expedition because they've been lost in, like, a fucking sandstorm. And they have this terrible dome over the expedition. And the pet gets basically electrocuted and dies. And that's the first, like, real true death that she has to deal with I don't like this book anymore. I don't want to listen to it anymore. But this is what drives her to be different and better. She returns to the city, and she's still unable to make any lasting emotional connections with any of her peers. And then she considers death and wonders if she really belongs somewhere else. So that's the end of the first book, which is called Don't Bite the Sun. And then the second book is called Drinking Sapphire Wine. But in the sequel, so the narrator has spent the last like several years in male form, and she's I'm using sheep, and you know what I mean. Uh, She's been studying ancient history and learning the art of swordsmanship, and their friend Denor has returned from Forba, and Denor is having an illegal relationship with an older person, Cam, who she still loves. Basically, they break a lot of the rules. They have love without marriage because Denor has her other problems. And then one of their members of their social circle, Zerk, who is also trying to get with Denor, challenges the narrator to a duel. And the narrator's like, bitch, I've been studying swords for a while. Swords and poetry. That's my jam right now. I don't know what you fucking thought you were going to do. And so Zerk builds himself this giant fucking body to come, like, crush him and... Turns out that skill is still going to beat your fucking ass. And that is the first murder in 4B in a really long fucking time. Zerk comes back as this tiny little wavy girl and is like, Oh no, I can't believe that they did this to me. It's so sad. I'm very sad. Crocodile tears everywhere. Everything's just the fucking worst. And... They're like, well, uh, so you are banished. You can't be here anymore. You have to go somewhere else. Who did they say that to? To, uh, the narrator. Okay. So the narrator is sent out into the wastes and basically given a couple little things to be able to live for a little while, but not enough to make do. So before she goes out into the waist, she changes back into a female body. She's like, "Mm, if I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to actually do this thing. (laughs) She goes out into the waist, starts to, like, become a person, starts to become really good friends with, like, her food maker and shit like that. And starts to ask for water and irrigation so that she can make the desert waste bloom, so that she can make it into something. Are there people outside? No. She's alone. Completely, 1,000% alone. There must be other people outside. They haven't banned other people outside. People sometimes go out for, like, expeditions and things like that. Like I said, the expedition that she went on before. But But no one else has ever been banished? No. Or at least not in a really long fucking time. But also, once you leave, there's nothing that's making you immortal anymore. You've committed to this body, you're going to get, it's going to gain weight, it's going to have wrinkles, it's going to be a person. So figure it out, make it something strong, and probably tan. 
so that it doesn't get a huge fucking sunburn, which she does. <laughs> She's like, okay, I'm going to think this through. I'm going to make the best out of this and figure it out the best that I, way that I can because this is a shitty situation. So while she's out there, she uh, starts to irrigate things and they start to have like actual fucking plants and stuff like that. And she's like, send me more water things. And the QRs are like, mm, okay, I guess we will. So Janor uh, brings um, her lover, Cam, and they um, arrive and they start to finally like eat the actual food that's Why out there. Why did they come? Because they were like, fuck this, I can't believe you got exiled, and everything is terrible. And also, so the QRs were like, hey, we want to make you look really sad, so we're going to send a video back. And she got glammed to the fucking nines, and then was like, mm, fuck you, QRs, I don't need any of you, and I'm having a great fucking time out here, bitch. So... More people come and join them. More Jangs and more older people and things like that. There are some people who come out there who are like, oh, well, I'm an engineer, so I can come and help build more water so that we can actually expand this waste, so that we can have a fucking world out here. Uh, turns out some of those people are actually fucking QRs, and they are coming to destroy everybody and everything. Of course. Mm-hmm. So they finally figure out that the QRs are there and that they've been trying to sabotage everything. And they've been trying to ruin this outside place and kill them all out there. They try to explode all of their water makers that they've made to create the waste. And it ends up exploding maybe one or two. So it all ends up being okay in the end because of her love that comes out and blah, 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 blah. But another fun and interesting part about all of this is basically this was society being like, we'll put robots in charge of everything. And then being like, we're really unhappy with putting robots in charge of everything. And then the robots are like, we're also really unhappy with it and we're going to fucking kill you. It's fine. Everything's cool. Mm -hmm. So Biting the Sun, the name, and also Sapphire Wine... Biting the sun when she goes on the expedition and she goes into the waste for the first fucking time, they find a shard of pottery that says, do not bite the sun, it will burn your mouth, which she interprets as fighting the system, uh, which nevertheless, the entire time, she continues to do. And then one of the last lines in the book is about how they're drinking their own wine instead of sapphire wine. And sapphire wine uh, specifically refers to the water of the river leaf, which is going to make you forget everything. So instead of just forgetting everything and continuing to be immortal forever, we're going to make our own place. We're going to make our own fucking Eden. And then we're going to be our own people. And if we don't live forever, it doesn't matter. At least we're not under your shitty robot thumb. I'll live forever. No, that sounds terrible. I don't want to live as a teenager for fucking 25 years, and that's on the low, low, low end for them. But yeah, it seems like the first time that she actually loves anybody and like feels anything different about anybody is is for her pet, and that's the driving fucking force in the entire book. It's what makes her decide to be something more. Too bad our pet's disgusting and a bitch. Mm. Yeah, not every... 
pet interaction is super meaningful. <laughs> Which is most of them with them. <laughs> She's so dumb and cute, though. Fans of podcast, I am Rusted Robot. Rusted Robot is seven feet tall. Yes, I've heard. Episodes in the hundreds with pop culture reviews and geek style news. I am Rusted Robot Podcast. You have come here for geek. Will you listen? Listen for free. No, we will run and we will live. Aye, run and you'll live and dying in your beds many years from now. Would you be willing to trade all those days and come back here for just one more listen? They may take our lives, but they'll never take our Rusted Robot Podcast. All right. Apparently, I want to turn our nerd podcast into a conspiracy podcast because we're going with another conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I find conspiracies are very nerdy. So it just they goes in. As long as you don't like truly believe in them, they're well, very nerdy. Also, I feel like right now everything is coming mm-hmm. true because everything is the worst. All right. I got this topic idea from the first degree. Which is a murder podcast. I did not know. And they mentioned this with Billy Jensen and Alexis and Jack are the two girls on it, I believe. Yeah. And I heard it and I was like, what? And then I was like, this is what I'm doing. So my topic today is, (laughs) is Katy Perry, Jean Benet. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I've only seen, like, weird, shitty photoshopped pictures on the internet, so I'm really fucking hyped to actually get the info behind this. So, I never heard this until they said it when I was listening to whatever podcast, I was whatever episode podcast I was listening to, and I was like, what? So I was like, this is it. This is what I'm doing, because this is so ridiculous, and I cannot wait. I love a good bad conspiracy it's theory. So <sighs> bad. And let me mind you that I like picked my topic without doing any research. So I'm literally as I'm writing it, <laughs> learning it, and I'm like, why is this a thing? Oh, fucking conspiracy <laughs> theories. I love them so much. So my sources today, Wikipedia. There was an article on The Sun by Neil Baker, um, an article called New World University, Katy Perry is John Benet Ramsey by Allie Golub. And is Katy Perry actually John Benet Ramsey by Rick Paulus? I kind of want New World University t-shirts. <laughs> I know, I like that, right? Okay. A little backstory, I know you know, but for people Please. who aren't listening on Not who, everybody is on who John Bonet is. Me and Martha are very big true crime buffs. A big fucking yes. monster, but yes. also yes. Yes, true crime. <laughs> I just like to call them murder podcast buffs, but it's technically true crime mm. if we're gonna go technical. Yeah. So um that's mostly all I listen to except for when I listen to Crackpot, which is my conspiracy theory podcast. <laughs> um it's just a whole bunch of murder podcasts. Mm-hmm. So John Benet Ramsey, John Benet Patricia Ramsey. Oof. She was That's born. That's a fucking I name know, and a half. Right, right? That's a show dog name. She was a showgirl. Yeah, name, exactly. So basically, yeah. 
She was born on August 6, 1990. And I don't think I ever really put into thought that she was younger than me. She's less than a year younger than me. That's fucked She's up. like 10 months younger oh, than I wow. am. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Or would be 10 mm. months younger than I am. She was born August 6, 1990 to John and Patsy Ramsey. Mm. She was a child beauty queen and she was murdered on December 25th, 1996 at the age of six in her family home in Boulder, Colorado. There was a handwritten ransom note that was found in the home, and then seven hours after she was reported missing, her father found her body in the basement of their home. She sustained a broken skull from a blow to the head and had been strangled. A cord attached to a stick was found around her neck. The autopsy report stated that the official cause of death was asphyxiation by strangulation associated with craniocerebral trauma. <gasps> Believe me when I was writing that, I was like, I got this. I fucking got this. All right. Her death was brutal homicide and the case generated nationwide public and media interest in part because her mother, Patsy Ramsey, who was a former beauty queen, had entered Jean Bonnet in a series of child beauty pageants. It's a shame that if you look up Jean Benet, almost every single picture you see beauty of her is beauty pageant, beauty pageant, beauty pageant. Because Weird fake teeth, nonsense. yeah, and all this makeup. She was fucking sick. She's a cute little girl. Yes, she was sick. It's horrible. It's awful. The crime is still unsolved and remains open, uh, an open investigation to Boulder Police Department to this day. So the police initially suspected that the ransom note was written by Jean Bidet's mother and that the note and appearance of the child's body had been staged by her parents in order to cover up the crime. Though Jean Bidet's brother, Burke, who was only nine, year old, nine years old at the time, was there, he was not a suspect. John and Patsy Ramsey gave several televised interviews but resisted police questioning except on their own terms. In October 2013... Unsealed court documents revealed that a 1999 grand jury had recommended filing charges against John Bonet's parents for permitting the child into a threatening situation, which is basically beauty pageants. Mm. They, for a six-year-old, they are threatening. Don't situations. sexualize Don't do your fucking You're, children. She's a child. They're babies. And, yes. Just like barely not a toddler. Yes. Barely. Six is a fucking yeah. infant in my brain. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's gross as fuck. John and Patsy were also accused of hindering the prosecution of an unidentified person who had committed the crime of murder in the first degree and child abuse, resulting in death. However, the DA determined that it was there was insufficient evidence to pursue a successful uh, indictment, which we hear all the time. Mm-hmm. They would rather not charge and wait than charge. They get off, and then with the whole double, double jeopardy, nonsense. they can't charge them again. I understand. In 2002, the DA's successor took over investigation of the case from the police and uh, primarily pursued the theory that an intruder had committed the crime. In 2003, Trace DNA was taken from the victim's clothes but found to be on an unknown male, and I'm pretty sure it was in her underwear. Yes. I so, remember yes. that. Each of the family's DNA had been excluded from the match. 
So the DA sent the Ramseys a letter of apology in 2008 declaring the fairly completely cleared by the DNA results. Mm-hmm. Others will get to this, even though we're not going to super go into it, but we will get to this <laughs> because this is not a murder podcast. Um, <laughs> others include former Boulder Police Chief Mark Beckner disagreed with the exonerating of the Ramseys, characterizing the DNA as a small piece of evidence that was not proven to have any connection in the crime. So in February 2009, the Boulder Police took the case back and reopened the investigation, which remains opened and unsolved. There is much going on in this case, but like I said, we're not a true crime podcast, so we're not going to go super into that. I will say with the DNA, I think they did studies after that there's been proven that People who package and manufacture clothing, Mm, DNA can get on there. They're also, I can't remember, I listen to so many true crime (laughs) podcasts, and every true crime podcast I've listened to is Dungeon Benet, but now us. us. I can't remember if it was John Bonet or if it was another case, but whether or not it's still a fact that did happen that the like CSI people would bring their own DNA into labs to like test equipment and to make sure that things were accurate and things got mixed up. That makes sense. So it could have been just a random DNA that actually had nothing to do with it and it got mixed up. Calibrated something. Exactly. So I remember, like I said, I'm not sure if that was exactly the Jean Benet case or if it was another case, but it has been a thing. I know it's been a thing, which means it it happens. And the amount of DNA was like minuscule. And that's why they're like, that's why the other people were like, no, we think you could still very much be a suspect. And honestly, it probably is if things don't add up. But that's just my very and clearly our theory on who killed John Bonet. All right. What I'm talking about is obviously a very horribly sad story of a young girl that all of a sudden got mixed up in this weird, seemingly obscure conspiracy. Is John Ramsey not dead? And in fact, is she the pop star we know today as Katy Perry? What exactly is the theory? The theory is that she was never found dead and that she was actually, in fact, either kidnapped, like the ransom note said, or kidnapped by none other than the Illuminati. We're going full into this with the Illuminati. Or if it was all a setup by her parents, apparently still with the Illuminati. I believe that. Yes. They seem illuminati So, I love the Illuminati. Besides Patsy, who is a Patsy. <laughs> Twelve years later, she reemerges as Katy Perry with the hit song, I Kissed a Girl. And she liked and she it. fucking liked it. Alright, where did this crazy theory start? The theory seemed to begin from a YouTube video entitled, JonBenet Ramsey is singer Katy Perry, posted in December 2014. It, unfortunately, has been taken down. So I haven't been able to watch it. Boo. Right? By a Dave Johnson. Fuck you, Dave Johnson. Uh, side note, he's a flat earther, so... Oh, don't know where this theory is going. Okay. <laughs> just, just throwing that out there now. 
And for those of you who don't listen to conspiracy theory shit, <laughs> podcasts or whatever, you should because they're awesome and also, you'll then understand what a flat earther is. If you haven't somehow run into a flat earther, I mean, you are so lucky. Stay under your rock and never, ever come out of it. Seriously. But also, listen to conspiracy theory shit. I specifically throw out crackpot. Real good. Free advertising for you, crackpot. Pay us. <laughs> okay, so the very game traction from there, and several YouTubers ended up making their own evidence with quotations. I had to put my iPad down for that. Evidence what if you videos. look at Katy Perry and then you squint at John Bonet? <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> this story eventually gained traction for entertainment news sites to cover in February 2016, and even Katy Perry herself referenced it at the VMAs one year. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Oh, man. If there was a yes. theory about me, fuck. Mm-hmm. I would play into that like it was my job. All right. Give me a second here. Crack. We had to have an extra drink. I told Martha, I was like, you're going to need an extra drink for my fucking podcast topic today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. This is like the shark fin of Katy Perry <laughs> and John Panay. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's their combined shark fin. Oh, which it's is funny. Shark. Yes! <laughs> or right shark. I don't know which one was, was bad. All I know is we won that Super Bowl and I cried at fucking Toby Keith because I was so stressed out. Imagine crying at Toby Keith for any other reason. There would be no other reason. <laughs> it's okay, though. The Patriots won the Super Bowl after many years from an incredible interception okay, by Butler. Catcher was that the next year? No, that well the the helmet catch we lost. That was a Giants one we lost. This was the one where Butler intercepted in the end zone and ended the game. Just makes it look like you're grabbing somebody's butt. Well, it's fine. It was Edelman's butt (laughs) that I was grabbing. That's fair. (laughs) I would also grab Edelman's end zone. Oh, he's so hot. Okay, so I know this all sounds ridiculous. Which is one of the reasons why as soon as I heard it, I had to do <laughs> But let's look at some of the evidence behind this theory. All right. Number one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Every single reason is so bad. I can't. Okay. I will tell you that I'm 100% on with this theory. Katy Perry is definitely Jean Benet. Turn it up to 11. It's the truth. <laughs> it is 200% true. And by 200%, I mean zero. What if you just don't believe in anything ever? <laughs> uh, but definitely not. If this. you believe in this government, that's how much I believe in this theory. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Can I get a cheers to that? Yes, you can. <laughs> That's a good one. I'm honey. Oh, excuse me, like throw myself in. Crawl in a hole and die. It's oh. fine. I'll crawl in another hole and die. I'm gonna crawl into the ceiling with our best friend, our ceiling buddy, and die. <laughs> hey buddy, can you shove over? I need to die up here. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry it's going to smell in this place that you've been living for however a thousand years. 
<laughs> the goblin that lives in our ceiling. Yeah, I don't think he's a goblin. I think he's a skinny person. <laughs> That's eventually going to murder us. <laughs> it's fine, buddy. Right now is the time to fucking murder us. <laughs> There's nothing to live for. Okay. <laughs> Number one. The resemblance of Katy Perry <laughs> and John Benet Ramsey. This is gonna be a long, not long podcast. This is not a lot, but this is gonna take a lot to get through. Oh god. Oh, so the- I give it up to the crackpot guys who do this weekly yeah. because I can't with this. Okay, so people claim there's a resemblance between Katy Perry and John Bonet. And when I post our thingy, I'm going to put up mm-hmm. a picture of it because there's a billion of them. Some adults look exactly like they did as a kid. I personally me. think, yes. And I personally think I did too. Yeah. I think I, if you were to look at a picture of me as a kid, Definitely. you would 100% know it was me. I'm just taller. I have a slightly skinnier face. Mm-hmm. But one YouTuber theorist known as Jungle Surfer. Yes. <laughs> Calabunga. <laughs> did a deep dive. And what did they come up with? <laughs> Her eyebrows. Yes. They claim they have the same eyebrows. We oh can gosh. hold hands because this is that ridiculous that we can hold hands. I don't have the same eyebrows I had a year ago. But also, thank God. quote, you know... The eyebrows don't change much on a person. You're born with eyebrows. They're very close, very close indeed, aren't they? As in referring to the, comparing the two, which I don't know, a little girl's eyebrows and then a, a adult woman shaped eyebrows. I don't fucking know. Whatever. Well, and also a little girl who's a pageant fucking queen eyebrows. Yes. None of these eyebrows are really no. stupid turd. And then, and I mean, you know. Jungle surfer. <laughs> and then he goes to say, or I, I say he, but it could be a she. Mm. I don't know. As you know, the whole entertainment industry is just a charade. So you really don't know the truth, which is true. But, but in a different way. But in a different way than eyebrows. <laughs> I would also like to point out that Jungle Surfer believes the moon landing was a hoax and that dinosaurs aren't real. So, he's a very credible source. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure that God put the dinosaurs there to test Christians. Monique is rolling over in <laughs> right Sorry, Monique. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so going on what we were saying before, before I was like, let's talk about it. One of the biggest things that people talk about Katy Perry and Janon uh, is that they have the same eyebrows. <laughs> oh. And I guess they both have a lot of makeup on their face, yeah. which is awful because one of them is six. I was going to say they have, it looks like if JonBenet had grown up, her eyes would be similarly close together, but Maybe. also that means that you will be similar to probably... 50% of the fucking population. Okay. It's not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the physical features that they look similar. Eyebrows. And they will always show Katy Perry with her blonde hair as opposed to when she had her black hair so that she looks more like Jean Benet and all of those side by side pictures. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to go into this feeling very, very, like, neutral, and then at the very end be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But I can't take any of this reading seriously, so 
how it's coming out. Number two. Dos. Apparently, Katy Perry has a memoir. And she wrote, in reference to her writing songs at an early age, quote, Not that I was one of those stage kids. There was no <laughs> John Benet Ramsey inside of me waiting to burst out. Now, you could be like, first off, why are you referencing John Benet Ramsey? She was a murdered six-year-old beauty pageant. Yeah, Katy Perry, that's in bad taste. But I think it might have come out after this, so that's probably why she was referencing it, giving Katy Perry the benefit of the doubt there. But now you could be like, if it's a big secret, why would she blatantly mention her, right? Mm-hmm. But of course, we have to remember we're dealing with the Illuminati. And the Illuminati like to put clues right in front of our face. Like the Riddler. But without actually bashing us over the head with the bat. Exactly like the Riddler. <laughs> <laughs> so, my Katy Perry. One has a mental illness and the other one is the Illuminati. And you can go, I could go into so many, so many different references to this, but... This is not a conspiracy podcast, even though this is my fourth conspiracy that I've <laughs> is done. Your fourth? I did my, the Final Fantasy conspiracy. Yeah. I did MKL, the yeah. uh, MK Ultra Man and Medan conspiracy, mm-hmm. and I did Pokemon conspiracies. Oh, so this is my fourth conspiracy. <laughs> I like conspiracies. There are thirty things for me, <laughs> but we're not going to go into legit Illuminati because mm-hmm. that's a whole episode on itself. Yeah. I just assume all rich people are in a society where they, like, circle jerk each other. Well, I mean, between the Illuminati and the Masons and the New World Order, it's probably true. Jeffrey Epstein, buddy. Yes. Three. 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 (laughs) Katy Perry's parents are John Benet's parents. So, why do people say this? Simply because they look similar, but now they're older. Oh. Fuck, I hate you. They're around the same age as each other. The fact that they look sort of alike is enough for some people to go all in with this theory. Full trouble. Charlie's Angels. (laughs) Cameron Diaz was the owl that pushed the lady down the stairs. (laughs) My conspiracy, I'm sorry, starting. (laughs) Okay, I co-signed... A thousand percent that. <laughs> okay. Number four. So furthermore, another YouTuber claims that both Perry and Ramsey both know the words to God Bless America, which is clearly another striking clue. When Katy Perry tweeted the lyrics in 2009, theorists went mad, sharing a clip of John Bonet singing the very well-known song during her other pageants. Because clearly, the only person who knows "God Bless America" is John Bonet. So obviously, Katy Perry is John Bonet, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that is the most damning evidence I've ever heard in my entire. You can tell me the sky is blue, and I would believe that less than that Katy Perry is John Bonet because they both know "God Bless America." Oh my God. But also, the real genuine question here, why did anybody tweet the lyrics of God Bless America 
What the fuck is going on, Katie Perry? Do you need therapy? <laughs> you Probably. The answer is yes, her. because she is a Hollywood yeah. superstar singer. So yes, she does need therapy. Fucking therapy. Every every person. person that has anything to do with fame needs therapy. Every person, period. Every person, period. <laughs> One day I'll have money so I can get therapy, We're too. getting there. All right. Number five. Are you ready for this one? No. <laughs> now, it wouldn't be an Illuminati conspiracy if we didn't bring in the Gemetria alphanumerical code. So that's when they trans... Gemetria? Gemetria. I don't... No, I'm not spelling it out for you because no, I fucking don't. refuse. Okay. I'm trying to be. Gem- I'm trying to come. Gematria. Of- yeah, but like also, I don't know anything about this. Gematria. So there's multiple different versions. Okay, whenever anybody mentions numbers, yeah. That aren't pie, okay, so I'm actually up. gonna tell you what it is because I knew I looked at the thing and I was like, I have no fucking clue what this means. So I googled it. So there's a bunch of different versions of this depending on. What language you speak. So Makes they can sense. all come out in different numerical whateverness, obviously depending on what the language, because everything's different. The letters mm-hmm. are different. Everything's different. The gematria is an um, alphanumerical code of assigning a numerical value to a name, word, or phrase based oh. on its letters. Oh. And it's very big in conspiracy yes. theories. Yes. Especially some good old Illuminati conspiracy Shit. theories. Okay, I know exactly what you're yes. talking about. So, a single word can yield multiple values depending on the cipher used. So, like I said, mm-hmm. when I looked it up, the, they had like five different ones and there was like Arabic and English <laughs> and then a couple different languages mm-hmm. of this n- numerical value code. We ready for this? I'm so fucking ready. I love Jean Benet Ramsey, Ramsey <laughs> has the code of nine nine six. Guess what else has nine nine six? Don't guess. I'm gonna give you <laughs> it's, it's like six six six, but it's not as cool. Yeah, nine nine six. Twin Towers. Donald Trump Jr. The White House. One World Order. September 11th. Secret Society, the government, kill the virus, which I don't think ever really stood out to anyone, but it's weird now because we're in the middle of a pandemic. Yep. Trip to Denver, which I added in because the Denver airport is its whole conspiracy theory, which I find fascinating. Mm. And the army of Satan. I am desperate to know if my name adds up to this. (laughs) So the list goes on and on with all sorts of different things. And a lot of them are like weird. And there's also multiple celebrity names that show up that have links to the Illuminati. Yes. So that's all weird, apparently. Mm. And then someone... So that's all weird, apparently. Someone also pointed out that the 996 number, her death was in 1996. So that apparently is <laughs> <laughs> for a conspiracy theorist. Um, so if you add a 1 on the front, it's important. But if you add a 2 or any other number, it's not. Well, it's not a 1. It's just that it's 996. Stupid. All right. One more point. Six? Six. I was counting. Nine, nine, six. Oh! <gasps> oh no, Katie 
I said John Renee this time. I was going <laughs> to. Are you sure that John Renee isn't just fucking Bucky? <laughs> I'm dead. I can't continue anymore. This is the end of the podcast. This is it. We made it three fourths of the way through episode 16, and Brittany is dead. We tried really hard. Fuck. <laughs> okay. Number six. Let's look a little closer at Katy Perry's music, okay? Oh. There are both lyrical and imagery in her videos that can lead us to believe that she's hinting at the fact that she is indeed Jean Benet Ramsey. Those darn candy tits. They were whipped cream. Whatever the fuck. I got you. California Girls, uh, that's, I have that, ho- uh, that like costume half made. <laughs> that was a Katy Perry outfit I was gonna do. You're so cute. I know. I'll finish it. Not, not the whipped cream one, but like the Girl Scout one that she's wearing. Yeah. You knew exactly what I was talking about, I but I know the video. Okay. So many of Perry's songs are about rebirth using the phoenix as imagery. Also, Checkered patterns are often, often appear in Perry's visual aesthetic. The kitchen of the Ramsey house was a black and white checkered tile floor. That never happens. That's definitely not the checkered tiled floor in my fucking same house. house right goddamn now. Right now. <laughs> All right, Martha. Where's your believability on this fucking... Ooh. <laughs> We're going to... And then I'm going to go over... Different things on why it could be true and why it's not true. But right now, after hearing the facts, <sighs> what's your believability out of out of 100? I'm in an X-Files place where I want to believe so <laughs> fucking bad. But also, like, it's the most silly bullshit ever. So I guess we'll say, let's say five. And that's being generous. That is generous. I think but I'm at... I'm desperate to believe because it's so fucking funny. <laughs> I... I probably, probably only at like a one percent. The only thing that weirds me out a little bit, little bit, is the numerical shit, which is stupid. Yeah. But it's the only thing that's weird. So Martha's at a five percent. I'm at about a one. A generous five. A generous five. I'm still only at about about a one. Slightly drunk. We'll see where we're at after I go over some facts. Lower. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So first off. I looked up pictures. Katy Perry and her parents don't look that physically <laughs> close to, to, to Rams, the Ramses in general. Mm. Like, if you squint, her fucking, just look at her eyebrows. People are just seeing what they want to see. Mm. And people look alike all the time. Can we just, the two that always pop in my head are fucking Kira Knightley yep. and Natalie Portman. They look so much alike. People sort of look like people all of the time. All of the time. Yeah. Also, Katy Perry was born in 1984 and is currently 35. John Bonet was born in 1990 and would only be 29. There's a six-year difference, and when Ramsey tragically passed away, Perry would have been 12, which is a huge difference. Hmm. Also, you can find Katy Perry as a child on the internet. You can find pictures of her, and she looks like Katy Perry as a child. She does not look like JonBenet Ramsey. But Just Google it. Don't you think that's the best alibi ever? <laughs> Being born in the past, 
You can't be the same person. But it's how like are you going to Ted Cruz not being the Zodiac killer? He's definitely the Zodiac killer. <laughs> <laughs> Ted Cruz is not the Zodiac killer, everyone. His face doesn't even really look like the face <laughs> of the Zodiac killer. It was just a joke, and then we went too hard and, for and it. people went too hard for it. Well, well, so Ted Cruz is not the Zodiac killer. Ted Cruz got all pissy about it, so it was funny. And then it kept getting <laughs> yeah. funnier. Fuck you, Ted Cruz. Yeah, eat a fucking dick, Ted Seriously. Cruz. Or Don't get fucking, fucking murder a bunch of people, Ted Cruz. Go to fucking jail for the. Zodiac killer Ted Cruz. But still hunt down the Zodiac killer. Yeah, let's do both. So now we're going to go back to the the numerical (laughs) Gematria. Katy Perry's Gematria is 1136. And Catherine Hudson, which is her real name, is 1036. So I get you could link John Binet to the Illuminati, but I don't know where Katy Perry comes into this. What if you squint really hard? <laughs> <laughs> you mean that one um, one three six turns into a nine nine six? Well, he says that Catherine Hudson was ten thirty six, right? Yeah. So if you add one to ten, no. <laughs> If you add 1 to 10, that means 11, but that's not the proper math anyway. You have a 9, but that doesn't that, help That's 13. So that's my fucking favorite part of numerology, where somebody's like, this is important. And then you're like, does this fit into it? And they're like, well, if you add this and this and this, then yes. Like, I know this one was four <laughs> digits, and this one it, we decided to add the four digits into two digits, but it's fine and normal. I know, right? And magic is real. And this is just how. This it is works. just how the world works. It works. I this really, way. really want to look up myself on Gem- Geminatria or whatever the fuck it's. Yeah, Gematria? It's easy. Gematria. I will definitely. Did you? No. You're a better person than me. I was trying to finish this at like 4.30. <laughs> so there was no time to look up my name. I needed to finish this. <laughs> All right. Look it up after. I'm yeah. almost done. We'll look up our... We'll, yes. we'll post our results. Yes. And Luna's. And Luna's. Oh. And Spiegel's. Oh. <laughs> All right. So lastly, her songs and her music videos... I don't know every Katy Perry song. I only know her, like, top hit song. I like Katy Perry, but I only know the songs that come out on the radio. <laughs> but honestly, I don't feel that many are about Rebirth. They're mostly just fun pop songs, upbeats. Yeah, there are breakup anthems and there are girl power anthems, but that's like every other pop star ever. Also, we just did an episode on Death and Comics. And on the Phoenix. Oh, oh. So maybe Katy Perry is just a fan of Jean Grey, right? Ew. We I all make ew. bad choices. Ew, in parentheses. But it could happen. You that know? was literally when you mentioned the Phoenix, I was like, I bet she just watched too many X-Men as a child. <laughs> literally, that was my it's fucking the right thought. time. It's the right, you know? She it was the right sense. age. She was the right age being like... Six, yeah, because a she's older than us instead of a exactly little a little younger. younger she's a little older because Katy Perry was not yeah. born in the nineties; she was born in the early eighties. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we're going to come back to those checkers on their <laughs> kitchen floor. First off, as someone who is obsessed with simple patterns, 
I don't even blame her. You give me everything with gingham or polka dots on it, and I'm all fucking about it. 1,000% that's true. But I did do some extra research. Checker kitchen floors were all the rage in the 1920s to the 1940s. So it's really not that hard to believe that the Ramsey's house, which was built in the 1927, I looked up the year their house was built. Damn. That it would still have its checkered floor. Yeah. And I bet a lot of old houses in the 90s had their checkered floor. And I'm pretty sure my grandmother's house had a checkered Mm -hmm. floor. So, like I was saying, my fucking sim house. Um, That's always what I put in the kitchen because that's what I think of when I think of a kitchen floor. It's classic. All right. Last but not least, the poor girl was murdered at six years old. Multiple investigation, and it's still technically an open case. 24 years worth of law enforcement has worked on this. And believe me, I understand things can get brushed under the rug, but usually something will come out. We learned about MK Ultra, and I honestly don't think for 24 years all of the law enforcement journalists, true crime nuts, they wouldn't find something. It's too investigated. That there wasn't an actual body. Yeah. Yeah. But this was a huge thing on news. It was all over the place. It's one of the most known true crime cases of our time. Also, her funeral was open casket. Ooh. There was a body in her casket. (sighs) So... That many people and nothing shaking loose, especially, I go back, we learned about MKUltra, which was CIA. Huge. Huge. Mind-breaking. I really don't believe that they'd be able to fake a death of a six-year-old that was so widely covered. So big. Still so big. It's still talked about today. Her brother just came out at like a year or two ago with the new coming out talking about things. Like, it's so big. There's no fucking way that something as big as like they faked a fucking body in autopsy, something wouldn't fall from that. And all wouldn't go to the fucking funeral and then. And that's the thing, like, like people don't have that sort of Yes, I was going to say, that's the thing, like, it'd be one thing to fake it, but it was an open casket funeral, and it was so big that you can guarantee strangers were there. Sure, there's pictures online. There are. I saw them. That's how I knew it was open casket. I googled all this. I actually did research. I felt (laughs) like I was a true crime podcaster for... A hot minute while I lied in bed at 4 p.m. Thinking, oh shit, we have to podcast in two hours. <laughs> so, Martha, you were at a 5%. Where are you now? Is Katy Perry Jean Benet? Because <laughs> I'm at a solid zero. Say, let's put me back at one <laughs> with a like, I want to believe Fox Mulder type of deal, but also like, obviously fucking not. Yeah. Please, please, please don't believe that Jean Benet is Katy Perry. No. But also, we are on 
Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. You can find us on Podbean still. That is our uh, where we post. You can also find us on the ESO network. We were just on uh, the actual Earth Station One podcast that started it all. So you can go check that out Did as well. Yes, Nailed it was a it. lot of fun. So go check that out. If you are on Apple Podcasts, please, 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 please rate, review, subscribe. You don't understand how much rating and reviewing can boost you so that mm-hmm. other people can find you. So we really appreciate it if you can do that and yeah stay safe please wear your face masks it is still a pandemic out there we would like to go to massachusetts we would like to go we would like to go to massachusetts at some point soon we would like to see our friends wash your hands and we will see you next tuesday has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. <laughs>